Hi everyone and welcome to The Femaling Show. I am your host, Nicole Goodman, and I am a woman's identity expert and coach. As women, we fall into different phases of identity through our adult life and during these, our challenges can look pretty similar. Here at WRS, I will be talking to you about the real issues we all face and even the ones we can silently struggle with. Through honest, heartfelt conversation here at Femaling, you will learn how to accept yourself, understand yourself and be yourself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Femaling Show. We are with Women's Radio Station, and I'm your host, Nicole Goodman. Now, today, we have got a very juicy topic. The title is Stop Saying Sorry When You're Not. And basically, what we're going to do is we're going to delve very deeply into a woman's relationship with the word sorry, how we overuse it, how we sometimes underuse it, and why we always feel that we have to apologize over the simplest of things. I am joined by the incredibly feisty, strong, brave Lissy Pooch. And she is a winning, award-winning makeup artist and mum of two girls and soon to be a little boy too. She has a passion for empowering women. And she says that as my career has gone on, it's become clear to me my passion lays significantly more within the women's side of my work rather than just my love of makeup. Lissy, welcome to Femaling. Thank you. Hi, Nicole. So I asked Lissy to come on. Lissy and I have never met each other. We have met over Instagram. Isn't that right, Lissy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked Lissy to come on the show because she responded to a story that I put up one day on Instagram. And I absolutely loved her passion and her opinion and her feistiness. And I thought, this woman needs to come on my show. She's got so much to say. And here is what she said. I was talking about, and you fill in the gaps here for me, Lissy, but I, was, I think I was talking about how women apologize for everything. And I was, I'd obviously had some interlude with somebody who just kept saying the word sorry. And I was putting it up on my stories, and Lissy replied with this. I refuse, in capital letters, to apologize for myself ever, ever, ever. And a burning frustration comes up inside me every time. And because of my work, I hear it a lot. Someone apologizes for how they look or not having makeup on. I can't even put into words how much it bothers me. Nobody cares, in capital letters. How can anyone allow themselves to be mean enough to themselves to apologize for just being? Promise me you'll never say sorry on your stories again. I don't think I'd, I upheld that. And she says, I dare you to go on looking like rubbish and don't for one second even acknowledge it. Not even apologize. Don't acknowledge it at all. It's so freeing. So that's how we met, isn't it, Lissy? Yeah. And then I was horrified to get a reply back from you. I suddenly remember sending it. And then I, I was thinking about you weirdly when I was cleaning the house. And I was thinking, you know, when you've sent a really passionate message and you think, I hope that didn't come across like a troll, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly I got a message back from you that uh, like an hour later and I was like oh thank god <laughs> you didn't take that the wrong way because it was quite it was quite passionate there's a lot of passion in there but but that's what you drawn me to you and that's why you're we're now here talking today so so let's start like what do you see in your work I know you're probably not working at the moment because we're still in lockdown sure. but what do you generally see in your work as a makeup artist with women saying sorry so um I think it was genuinely the the thing that took me back the most. You know, when you start off 
in a career like mine, you don't really know what what work is ever going to look like or what you're going to come across. And I think the range of confidence levels is what really took me aback. And the apologizing was something that was staggering for me. Um, And I can just, I can just instantly tell when a woman walks through the door, I just, I sometimes, like I sort of said to you, I, I wince beforehand because I know it's coming so there's what, what, what are they going to say? The, the I'm sorry, the I'm sorry. So I, I, some of them I can almost feel they are itching to apologise. They walk through the door and it's like a burning, burning itch and they're just waiting for their moment to apologise for how they look like because often there'll be an appointment where they'll, it w- will recommend that it's a good idea for them to come without makeup on, for example. And for some people that's completely fine and for some that's massively out of their comfort zone. Um, and... Yeah, I kind of brace myself for it now as well. So for a makeover, people will often come without makeup on and they'll just be crippled by how uncomfortable they feel, how exposed they feel. And that's one thing. But but the separate topic is that they then feel that they need to apologize to me for how they look, which is which is a lot, you know, when you're receiving it over and over and over again, sometimes several times a day. Mm-hmm. And it's something, you know, like I sort of briefly mentioned to you, it's something that I, you know, I myself used to do in the past and I used to be there as well. And I've, I've gone through my own journey of kind of my self-confidence building. It's almost ironic because to suddenly be faced with something that you used to be so guilty of doing and, and so unaware of to suddenly have kind of I don't want to say endure but to to constantly have to experience over and over again it's like it's ironic because I never once when I used to do that took you know took a moment to think how the person that was receiving it how I was making them feel if it was really necessary why I was saying it and they are often crippled by things that I would never have looked at you know perhaps not having makeup on or you know, in their words, the state of their skin. And I'm sat there thinking, I see hundreds of women a month and I would never have looked at that, you know, or, you know, crippling insecurities about their face. It's just, it really is staggering. And obviously I get more of the visual stuff, you know, but yeah, I do have conversations with women and, you know, have a kind of understanding about people apologizing, you know, almost imposter syndrome, that kind of not just people apologizing for how they look, but people apologizing for not feeling that they are worthy of being in that position or whatever that is, you know, it's, it is staggering to experience. So I have been in hairdressing for 25 years and I have experienced it also exactly like you're saying. And I don't get, because they don't walk in without makeup. I'll get, Oh, I'm sorry for the state of me. I'm sorry for the state of my hair. Now, if I had a pound, I know it's an old saying, but seriously, if I did have a pound for every time a woman said that to me, I would be a very, very wealthy woman, right? But they don't just apologize, I've noticed, for what they look like. I think that is a very quick area for women to go to. They apologize for, um, some women just come in and say sorry. They, they literally walk through the door and the first word that comes out of their mouth is sorry. Sorry I'm late. They'll yeah. be like, 43 seconds late. I mean, I am quite strict on my timings in terms of hairdressing, but they're, they're literally not late. Or, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm bang on time. Is that all right? Well, I mean, you're, this is your, like, of course it's all right. It's your appointment. I'm so sorry, I need a wee. That is a massive one. I'm so sorry, I need a wee. People apologize for 
needing yeah. to go to the toilet. So sorry, can I bother you for a glass of water? I, I mean, it just it goes on and on, and everything starts with the word sorry. And you yeah. know what's the most interesting thing is that I don't know how often you work with men, probably not as often as women because of what you do, but a man has never walked into my salon in the 26 years that I have been hairdressing and apologized for his presence. Never. What is that? What, I mean, what no, I does that, that say? So why do you think that is? Why do you think we have this incessant need to apologise and, and men don't? I think, yeah, I completely agree. And I and I too have experienced the, the first as they stumble into the studio being sorry. And I, I have said so many times as well, what, what, why are you apologising? I'm not even sure why you're apologising now. And I think, I mean, is it cultural? Is it society? Is it habits? I'm not sure. Like, I think women, do they genuinely feel like that deep down? You know, are they sorry? Are they sorry for their presence? Or is it not about sorry? Is that kind of what's just verbally coming out? Is it really that, is it coming from a place of not feeling confident in their being? I used to have a client that came to me for hairdressing, not coaching. And as she walked in the door, and I will never forget this, it used to upset me every time she walked in the door, this beautiful woman who had a wonderful life. And, you know, she like tick, 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 ticked every box kind of thing. Um, and the minute she walked in, she just said, sorry. And she didn't even <laughs> give a reason for what she was sorry for. She just said, sorry. And I knew, you know, that moment that you were talking about before when you used to brace yourself. Yes. I knew that as I could see her car pulling up and her walking through my doors, I knew the first word was going to be sorry. And actually what I felt was because I really adored this woman. She was a lovely client. She's a lovely lady, beautiful woman inside and out, you know, um, I just felt so immensely sad and upset for her because if she's coming into my salon and apologizing to me, she's go, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything kind of thing. So she's basically walking around her life saying sorry. Yeah. Sorry for everything. She's sorry for everything. She doesn't even need yeah. to give a reason anymore. She's just sorry. What are we sorry for with all this, with all this, I'm sorry. And by the way, I noticed I did it yesterday because as I was sort of putting this show together yesterday and I replied to somebody, I texted someone back and my first, because they texted me on Saturday and I didn't get back to them until Sunday and I opened the message with, I'm so sorry it's taken me so long to get back to you. Or yeah. It's taken me like a few hours. So what, what am I sorry for? Why, why am I, what's the rush? Like, why am I apologizing? Like, she didn't say, hi, how are you? Please get back to me within the hour. Yeah. <laughs> I think a huge amount of that is expectation, isn't it? Or that, that's where it sits with me. And I try and be really careful with my language where... I have a little bit longer to think about it when I'm writing an email or I'm writing a text or whatever that is. And you have a little bit longer to think about it than you do when you're just cutting out your Wi-Fi on a radio show. You know, I think those are the moments that I really try. And if story comes out or if story is the, the leading word that comes to me, I really try and rephrase those things. And I found a lot of power in doing that personally. Tell us what you rephrase it with, Lissy. Uh, so if I was in that position with a friend, I would, if sorry came to me, whereas I have really worked hard to try and break on that habit, I would say something like, 
thank you for your patience. Or I would just try and bring it away from the sorry and bring it to something else. And if I felt if I felt the need to apologize or to acknowledge um, my lateness of a message, which is only, you know, we, we're the ones that have conjured up that that's late. Like you say, no one says that you have to get back to a message within a day or whatever that is. I would just try and always consider is this worth an apology? You know, what is an apology? An apology is a, a powerful thing, you know, and really that's something that should be saved for when an apology is due. And I would always try and rephrase that in a thank you for your patience or just completely ignoring it. And actually that's something I've done quite a lot in the last year. I'm always late to get back to messages to people. And I just sort of don't acknowledge it now. <laughs> I'm late. I'm busy. I'm not necessarily wanting to text well, back people the other day. Done. But, but, but even saying, I, well, I'm late, it, 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 it's not. It's getting mm. really what it is. It's get, you get back to people in the time that you get back to people. Now, that yes. might be at a different pace to how somebody else gets back to you or how I would get back to you. But that doesn't mean that it's, I mean, late for who? Late under, and it goes back to exactly what you were saying before, doesn't it? It's just that expectation yes. and that pressure that we put on ourselves that we have to behave in a certain way like yeah but we don't have to but what what is that like we have to we have to you know be polite we have to get back to people at a certain time like there's all of these silent social structures that have been built within us that are totally bloody well made up quite frankly i'm being yeah. polite there because i'm on radio but they're, <laughs> they're totally made up they're not and then where are they coming from where I know. my husband would never apologize for when he takes someone back ever he just wouldn't he doesn't apologize for being who he is how he is because he just is and it's something that I admire so greatly about him and I don't I can't speak for other men because I don't know you know other men on the same level that I know my husband but I'm assuming he's representative of his generation of men so this but even the and, and you pointed to so many lovely things and, and places where I really want to take this conversation, which is, you know, there's that saying of instead of saying sorry, say thank you. So thank you for your patience. But even but even in that text message scenario, it's like, have they been patient? They haven't been patient. It's just I'm you know, it's like ownership. It's owning yourself for how you want to show up and when you want to show up. And it is isn't it our prerogative? to text someone back whenever we choose. And I know this sounds like a very silly, yeah. simple thing, but ultimately don't, don't we have that power? Yeah, no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, a, you know, I don't think that's small in any way that actually, I don't think that's something that had ever really dawned on me. I think the time thing, I think I am guilty of living in a time pressured impulse world, you know, and I would naturally blame that on society, but I'm as guilty for that as anyone I've made up those imaginary rules in my head as well and it's a relief to kind of it's a relief to come to terms with that you know is that like you say who said I need to get back in x amount of time that's just the time I run on with replies done that's my time your time is something else I think it's freeing you know um and empowering like you sound really empowered you say that hugely and actually I think the funny thing is is we're all in the same boat we're all feeling panicked sometimes or whatever whatever the emotion is that we're feeling we're all feeling stressed or panicked or pressured to get back to stuff especially when you've got a busy life or young kids or work or whatever it is and it's silly because we're all rushing back to get 
back to stuff that we're all rushing back. You know, we all think everyone else is sat there twiddling their thumbs with a cup of tea, but they're feeling exactly the same as us. And isn't it interesting? Like you said, oh, I've made up the same rules for myself as well about when we have to get back to someone or, yeah. you know, this, this apologising thing. But it's funny that you and I, I'm, I think I'm considerably older than you. I'm 43. Um, how old are you, Lissy? 27. Right, 27. We've never met. Um, and we both have exactly the same made-up rules in yeah. our head. It's mental. And, and it's mental. And that, and that rule creates, as you said, pressure and stress and expectation. It's full of so many negative things when actually we could just be, just be who we are and how we are. Like, like if a friend gets back to me, and I know it's, it's a small example, but again, this text message thing, but it is a big part of our culture. Like, if yeah. a friend gets back to me 24 hours later, if I've asked her how she is, I don't care. Do you care? I don't even give it a second thought. You know what's really interesting? I've got an amazing friend called Jen and um, very similar to the text message thing, like you've just said, you know, do you care? No, I actually feel relieved a lot of the time. So if someone took ages to get back to me, sometimes I'm like, oh, thank God, it's not just me that does this, you know, and I once cancelled on her really last minute, I think the day before, and it's miles away from me and I was going to do uh, something for her blah 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 and I cancelled last minute because it just wasn't going to work I wasn't in the right zone I can't remember what it was and I was like I think I said something like I has it messaged you around you know because she's got three kids and she said I actually really like it when people cancel on me last minute because it just reminds me that we're all human and it's just a relief that that it just happens to us all not just me and I'm so there with that you know on the same thing with the text message I, it's a relief a reminder you know we're all human we're all the same no one really cares I mean I'm sure some people care but we're, we're actually, all in the same what it, what it, yeah and what you're pointing to is that it gives others permission to be themselves too it gives exactly. others permission to work on their own time frame too and rather than jumping into this pressure of what we have to do and when we have to do it and in the time frame that is socially acceptable or socially necessary, what it does is it allows freedom and it allows patience and it allows people just to be however they need to be. And I think that's, that's a very beautiful way to relate. With Completely. And, you know, just showing up, you know, and especially as women, you know, we are we are creatures based on cycle and we just aren't always the same every day thank god you know that's the magic of us and and something that so many women don't know about themselves and don't don't listen to and sometimes we just can't show up in a certain way someday and nor should we and it's it's so important to to teach women and to teach girls you know that's good that's not just okay that's good that's how you're meant to be you know if you don't want to show up that way that day in whatever that is, getting back to a message, going to an appointment, whatever it is, good, listen to that. You know, don't feel pressured to be this Mrs. Consistent every day and be able to predict how you're going to feel next week necessarily. You know, I think it's a really big freeing thing to understand that about yourself. That's so beautiful. I've never really, what a lovely way to phrase it, that we do, we do work in a cycle and that we get to show up differently and be different every day. And actually yeah. having the the love and the acceptance for that and the understanding because that's a big one 
understanding that we show up differently every day. Do you think that if we held that a bit tighter and a bit closer, that we would be able to stop this apologizing? And do you think that's part of it that actually, oh, I'm sorry I'm not the person I was yesterday when I was Mrs. Productive, but today I'm feeling like I just want to curl up in front of the sofa and watch film and I don't want to text you back. And I can't get to the appointment on time. Like, rather than apologizing for it, just accepting that this is who I am today. I do. And I believe that's why there is this distinction. I think it's some of the reason that there's this distinction between men and women. You know, men are consistent on a hormonal level and consistent on an energy level and an emotional level. That's how they're built. You know, that's great. That's how they're meant to be, you know, in inverted commas. But women aren't. But what women also aren't, which is crucial and we we seem to miss. And it's a huge thing for me raising girls, because when I learned this personally, it completely flipped my world upside down and I I never felt the same about myself, is that we're not empowered by the fact that we are different on a daily, weekly basis. We are torn apart about that. You know, we're called emotional or we're mocked for changing our mind or feeling differently or being up for one thing one week and not the next. And that's actually something that we are kind of mocked for as women. You know, there's phrases, mock us. We're not empowered for it. So when that shows up in our morning, you know, when we wake up in the morning and you're feeling low energy or whatever it is, you you don't feel empowered by that and think, fantastic, my body is doing this today and I knew that was coming. You think, oh my God, and you pull your hair out because you just think, why can't I just show up like X, you know? Why can't, why aren't I feeling that? Because I don't feel we're empowered and I don't feel that we're, we're educated by it. And I think then we just apologize for it because, because we don't understand it and we don't give ourselves that space. Blown away, <laughs> blown away. Because this, well, this is huge. This is absolutely huge what you're uncovering here. You're absolutely, it's really... I completely agree. I completely agree. It, when we're hormonal, let's say, that's just one part of our cycle. It sure. is not considered in power like the amount I'm on you know a, a group with all my best friends and, and the amount of time that one of us will say "Ugh, I'm due on I just need to get my period I feel rubbish I hate everyone it's always a negative it's a negative I need to get my period and then we get our periods and then like everyone's like feeling better did you get your period like as if oh that's the answer but um, what we're yeah. not doing is is sitting in the beauty of how we feel when we're premenstrual, how we feel when we're postmenstrual. And you're right, we don't even have the, the opportunity or we don't take the opportunity to see it as part of our magic, part of our beauty, part of our femininity. Because that's it's what it very is. powerful, you know? It's very powerful because sure your energy may be lacking when I mean, we were all different, you know, personally if my energy is lacking I don't know, you know, week three of my cycle, for example. But yes, my energy is lacking, but my intuition is higher, you know, and there, there is power in it. But we're never taught to see that, you know, we're never taught that anymore. It's a lot for us to understand because it's so present and it's going to bloody happen, you know, every month. And I think, you know, like we were saying in the beginning, the bursting through the salon of the studio and saying, sorry, I, you know, maybe they're just having a sorry day. I think that's sometimes where that where that not even sorry for sorry something, you know, comes through is because that day they've just woken up and they're not feeling where they've laid their expectations on. They're not superwoman that day, you know, in their own eyes. And they're not empowered by what they're by what's coming up that day. And they're just sorry. I think that's 
personally, I think it's a big part of where that has come from. I completely agree. I, and I'm a bit speechless about this whole concept. And I could sit here and talk about this forever. And I think that that really uncovers why a man doesn't have the same ups and downs. as And I'm now mentally going through my head, as I'm sure whoever's listening to this now is also. I actually say so often, oh, I'm sorry, I was really due on. Yeah. Or, like my kids, but I'm raising two girls like you okay and they are nine and 12 so they're very aware of things and now they're if I'm grumpy which I'm often grumpy especially in lockdown they're saying oh are you do one mummy um so they're now jumping on the bandwagon as well and my you know my 12 year old has her cycle now as well so she's learning about her body and learning about it but she's learning off the back of me and I'm sitting there apologizing for it and when my husband says to me are you do one if I say something quite emotional to him or if I, he feels I'm overreacting, and I'll say, oh, yeah, I am. And sometimes when I'm feeling really grumpy, I'll say, I might be due on, but it doesn't mean that what I'm saying isn't valid. Like, I still feel that, and I love what, what you pointed to when you said that that your intuition is at its highest. Mm. But then that has been completely branded as emotional, irrational, sensitive, hormonal, so that we can't, we're not allowed to trust it. Yeah. Because it's because it's it's too heightened but actually that height that heightened sense could be truth yeah it's all the the negative connotations attached to certain times of our cycle are you know they strip the power from it they're not powerful words or they're not words that we feel are powerful you know emotion emotional isn't something that we are taught is powerful you know over emotional you know that's not a bad thing you know that that stuff needs to happen that's when the magic happens you know that's when someone dumps their toxic boyfriend or you know makes a change in their life and they need to you know how many times i'd love to know like studies on this i've I've just thought this um you know how a statistic on when people have left their job at certain critical points of their cycle you know because i genuinely believe you just come to heads with it you know you're like Mrs. Patient at certain points and you're powerful and you're energetic and you're tolerant. And then you and then you're like, no, this isn't serving me. And you you shed coal, you know. And I would be really interested. I think people often make very powerful, yes, emotional decisions during that time. I'm reading a book at the moment, um, by Glenn Doyle. It's called Untamed. It's the most beautiful read. I I recommend every single woman on this planet to read it because it is just beautiful and what she says is when a woman is called oh you're being sensitive so and that's considered a bad thing you know that's considered negative oh she's so sensitive well what's the opposite of sensitive is insensitive and Mm -hmm. that is no badge of honor to be insensitive surely it's much better to feel and to intuitively pick up on what's going on yes that that is the definition of sensitive is being able to see what's right in front of you and feel what's right in front of you it's a beautiful thing completely yeah I'd never thought of that and it is these words that we that that weirdly have all this negative attachment but actually when you think about it that's bizarre you know they're human yeah and I think that is a very grounding place for why us women apologize because every time we feel something strongly we are taught don't trust that that's wrong 
That's over-emotional. That's over-female. <laughs> I want to take um, the conversation on a bit of a, um, a U-turn. Yeah. We're still talking about the word sorry, but in a different context. So we know that we overuse it, but do you think we also underuse it? And what I mean by that is when we really need to give an apology or to bring an, a serious heartfelt apology to the table, like, how are you with that part of the word sorry? Personally, I mean, I would I would like to see my boyfriend's face at this time. But I think I'm quite good at saying sorry, personally. It's actually, it's it's. I don't have a fault in that area particularly. If I feel I have done something wrong, I, I'm actually the first person to bring it to the table or if something's gone wrong and I'm thinking, oh, God, yeah, I was at fault there or... I was unreasonable or whatever. But um, everyone is different on this spectrum. And I watched, oh, God, what's her name? I watched amazing American research. What is her name? Is it G? Begins with a G. I'll think of it in a minute. And I watched one of her TED Talk, and she was talking about this actually uh, about a week ago. And she was saying how that kind of comes from our relationship to vulnerability which is quite interesting and quite telling. And I think that's why we all sit separately on the genuine apology spectrum is because our relationship with vulnerability is all in a different place. And I think if you're okay with vulnerability, if that, if, if you've kind of accepted that and you've got quite a good relationship with it, I mean, I, I'm not sure where other people would stand on that, but I think the genuine I'm sorry comes easier. Personally. For you. Because I, I would say, and I, and I applaud you for that, Lissy, I really do. Because from what I personally see and experience, and, and know from myself, like I, do, I find it, I'm better at saying sorry, when, I mean, when I really mean it. Um, I'm much better than I used to be. I'm much better at owning my stuff. And I have learned that it is actually easier to own up to where I'm responsible than, than holding on to being right and making the other person wrong. Mm. Um, I find that more peaceful and more calming. So I'm always looking, but I've learned that through my own work of self-development and coaching and by doing that for many years. And I think that takes a lot of practice. Um, but I do notice that generally, and it is, this is a very general sweeping statement, and of course there are exceptions to every rule, Generally, in big, bold letters, people aren't very good at using sorry when it's really needed. Yeah. And yet, I find the distinction between it being overused. Sorry, I'm so sorry I need a week. I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. I'm so, I'm so sorry that, uh, that I'm thirsty. I'm so sorry that I walked in here on time. It's so overused and so and could be so maddening at times. And yet when an apology is really needed in the space in order to connect and in order to fix an issue, it's often the hardest thing to come by. I, I do and totally I, get that. Yeah. And I, and I wonder why that is. I wonder why... Women can throw sorry around so quickly yeah. and yet then find it so hard. Don't you it's think that's such an interesting Completely. 
it completely I completely get it and I think I think that's such proof isn't it the irrational I'm sorry walking through the door story is is an example of where we are just so unconsciously using our language you know and the moment it really comes down to it and you've got to do it and it feels uncomfortable and we all hate it you know like even if even if you've learned in life it's better to just do it it's not a comfortable moment to have to really apologize because you're you're just sat there feeling so exposed you know but I think it's that real example of consciously using the language and not and then you're you're really thinking about what it means in that moment but it is it's so funny that like you say that we can throw it around and then and then it's time to do it and it means something and you know we've all we are all guilty of not being able to do it at times or not doing it you know or and I think it's that it's that horrible vulnerable moment isn't it whereas that yeah walking through the door sorry is that defensive shield you know and that apologizing for really hurting someone's feelings is you're sat there with an open wound it's a very different experience well, it's, it's a very, yes it's a very different experience and there's a very different undertone to it yeah so the walking through the door and saying i'm sorry it's like i'm sorry if i've inconvenienced you in any way right that that's kind of what we're saying yeah. i'm sorry that i am showing up and that you might find it irritating or it might be pressing for you in some way my being here might have a negative effect on you somehow and therefore I have to apologize for that but it's just that it, I think that goes into like the people pleasing mode yeah or but then and then the saying listen I am so sorry I said that I shouldn't have said it it was a really bad thing to say and I hold my hands up and I'm sorry and I think what that does is that it exposes as you said it exposes us to such vulnerability because actually what it says is I'm not perfect and I've made a mistake so you know I think it's the words surrounding the sorry you know the first one is for us and the second one is is for them really the words surrounding sorry are different and I think they're what make it uncomfortable yeah yeah and and yes thank you that yes and that is what is so difficult, isn't it? So when we can do something that's self-fulfilling or, or self-indulgent in a, in a way, I guess, it is fairly self-indulgent to say, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, because it gets you off the hook somehow for whatever it is that you haven't done anything wrong. Mm. But then when it's for the other person, it's having to, st- yes, of course. It's, it's me, 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 isn't it? Yeah, and then and then the the proper heartfelt apology for when you've messed something up is for them. I mm. I'm saying sorry because I owe this to you. You deserve an apology from me because I did something wrong and I want to give this gift of sorry to you because it is a gift. Saying yes. sorry, like a proper a proper apology can be. It can, be, yeah. it can be very satisfying and, when you need it. And you're sticking your neck out, you know, you don't know how it's going to be received. You know, someone can't be mean to you. If you're saying, if you're saying, so sorry about the state of my hair, you know, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to get a compliment off the back of that. But if you're saying, I'm sorry, I did this, you're acknowledging it, you're fessing up, you're maybe telling them something that they might not have even thought of themselves. You're putting your neck out on the line for something that's very uncomfortable, you know, and you don't know how it's going to be received. And you're facing the big R word, you know, the rejection. And 
that's a very different context, isn't it? Yeah. Well, obviously, like you, you just you're exposing yourself to so much because that person could go, well, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You did make me yeah. feel like rubbish. I was really hurt, and actually. I didn't really didn't mind what you said, which is just going to make you feel 10 times worse. Like, you just don't know what you're... But the thing is, you have... It, it's about who you want to be in that moment. Like, do you want to be a person that's full of honesty and truth and integrity? Or do you want to be someone that just kind of buries your head in the sand and says, oh, forget it. it doesn't, it's not necessary. I can't go there. Totally. So, so let's... Again, I just want to take another U-turn because I think this has been so interesting just to delve deeply into it. How do we stop apologizing for the, the the overuse of the apology because you said that you've been on a journey with it and you have come out the other side and now that you never apologize for those things um for like the state of how you look or for turning up late or anything like that how how did you do that and how can we stop this overusing this apologizing for just being present Oh gosh, it was definitely a process for me, which it would be for yeah. anyone. I hit rock bottom yeah. probably five years ago after a very significant situation. And I went through a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of self-development. I did some courses, all that kind of good stuff that, you know, really helped me rebuild. And I think I, ju- I, think I just gradually came to terms with it. And I think I just became more conscious. And I think Becoming more conscious was the um, answer to a lot of stuff with me, body image. It was a huge Im- a huge answer to that, you know, the way I was speaking to myself internally. And I just started replacing the words I was using both in my head and externally. Um, a lot of that started from the things I was saying to myself in the mirror. And I just, I think it was just rock, it was just that rock bottom moment. I think I just it just dawned on me how vile I was to myself, you know, and the work and what I was really saying and just, is this working for me? Is that making me feel good? Is it making me any skinnier? Is it making me any happier? No. So what on earth is the point of doing it then? You know, it's just not working for me. It's not making me feel good. And, you know, becoming a mum was a huge thing for me. I became a mum at 21. And I think all of that together just was a big wake-up call. I suffered abuse around that time. And I think in in a weird way, somebody else stripping that from me was a big wake-up call because I kind of was just like, nah, I'm not going to let you do that to me. And actually, what am I doing to me at the same time? I think a big part of that was also addressing the abuse that I was giving myself. A, a lot of what I coach on is a woman's self-dialogue and how she relates to herself and how she talks to herself and because you know what you focus on grows and what you think you become they're just two solid rules in life so if you focus on all the negativity that's going on within you you're going to feel very negatively about yourself and you will have a very unhealthy relationship with yourself and it, it sounds like that the way in which you were able to stop apologizing that you started to find out who you were, your self-worth grew, you started to rebuild yourself and build your confidence at the same time. Completely. Right? And it wasn't about the sorry. It was about, it was starting with me and, and identifying what areas I was being so nasty to myself with and kind of 
kind of digesting how self-absorbed that was you know really does it does that really matter you know and and then like I said to you you know in your initial initial message that you read out things as small as going on your insta stories when you've not got makeup on and you've not done your hair because shock horror that's what you look like anyway you know and just not acknowledging it it's really freeing because you just start to live in I am enough and then you actually don't feel the need to apologize so much because you kind of go to say it out of habit and you think why the hell am I apologizing this is just me on with it and actually no one cares you know get over yourself I do think a lot of the time that women connect to one another by um be, being self-deprecating yes um, yeah and I think that's something that needs looking at and something that needs readdressing um because if a, if the girlfriend's on the other end of the phone and you go oh my god I've eaten so much rubbish and I feel like crap and uh you know yeah. and I'm just feeling really jewel and I'm really bloated like if I if I then reply with do you know what I actually feel really great about myself and yeah. I might have eaten some rubbish but I'm really good with that because that's what I fancied in the moment you know that's positive self-talk but that is going to make the other person feel like feel awful because you're just gonna highlight how bad they feel so ultimately it it, it just is not socially acceptable to Celebrate yourself. It is, it is not. It is easier to connect with people by putting ourselves down. And until that peace changes, and of course, there's so much more empowerment around. There's so much more um, positive self-talk around. There's so much more encouragement for a woman to celebrate herself and love herself, which absolutely there should be. But it's not really changing in in your inner circle of girlfriends. Listen, I'm a women's coach. I My job is about empowering women to love themselves and accept themselves and be themselves. That is what I do for a living. And yet, I can be on the other end of the phone call with a girlfriend who's telling me how bloated she feels and I join in. Yeah. I, like, I might, sometimes I turn around and go, please stop talking about yourself like that. You're being really hard about yourself and it's not kind. But they also get a bit irritated with that. Like, oh my God, just let me have a... Like, sometimes you just need to have a moan. Yeah. And then and people and then want to be heard, don't they? People want to be heard. But they also, as you said, it doesn't help. It doesn't help your relationship with yourself. It doesn't no. get you skinnier. It doesn't make you feel any better. It does the complete and utter opposite. So yeah. what, what we do by making ourselves wrong so instantly, we need to transform into celebration like the cycle our our monthly cycles rather than making them wrong we need to start celebrating every part of that cycle even when we're bloated even when we're tired and even when we're grumpy do you think that's possible I do I think I think we need a, a shield in all these different kind of situations and I think some of it like you said about talking to your girlfriend some of it is how we feel we should be relating with other people you know and and the people just want to be heard is such a big thing for me in general you know it's like when someone's having a good old moan to you and some people naturally feel the need to you know tell them to think positive and that just gets them to my much because People just want to be heard. And I think actually in those moments where they're telling you how fat and horrible they feel, I think sometimes what we need to do is take a step back and just say to them, it is completely okay that you feel like that today. 
we all feel like that. That is, you know, instead of feeling the need for us to then tear ourselves down, I think it's it's really challenging. But I think it's again, it's replacing how we react in those situations, isn't it? And just letting them feel heard and just saying it's completely okay for you to feel like that, but you're enough, you know. And the I am enough was really helpful for me. And obviously, it's still something I battle with, the same as every other woman, I assume. But that kind of I'm feeling fat and awful today. Do you know what? That's all right. Maybe I am fat and awful today, but I'm enough. You know, separating that worth and the weight or the worth and the or the worth and the how far you are with your career or whatever it is. It's it's okay to feel a bit crappy about your job today, but you're enough. And we yeah. do, we give ourselves such a hard time about this constant I haven't I haven't done enough today. Yeah. Or therefore I am not enough today yeah. and then that's I think when all the apologies start coming in oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I haven't I it's it's it's, it's like for want of a better word it's like an epidemic oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's true and you're and you're projecting sorry because you're just so conflicted by all of these emotions about not being skinny enough or whatever not being on time enough or your hair not looking good enough or whatever it is because because to you, it's not, you're not excelling in it. You've not done a blow dry while yeah, breastfeeding yeah. your baby or whatever it is. And you're not sitting in it. So therefore you're just blurting, I'm sorry. You know, and I think, I don't know about you, but motherhood for me was the game changer for that because you just can't do it anymore. It's, you can't do it, you know, and having two babies back to back very quickly, like like I've done this time and having to take a huge step back with my career was a really difficult pill for me to swallow. And I had to swallow a lot of the, I'm not enough, you know, I'm not producing content. I'm still enough. You know, I'm not doing X amount of clients. I wasn't able to work in my second pregnancy. I was really ill. You know, I'm still enough. And that, that was a huge, a huge one to come to terms with is that I'm not excelling, but I am enough, you know, and who oh, even said yeah. excelling is, yeah. you know? It's the, I'm not doing it all, therefore I have to apologise for it. So when a woman comes into my salon or into your studio and says, I'm so sorry for how I look, they're saying, I'm so sorry that I am not up to that level of perfection that we all got used to seeing. I'm so sorry I'm not that woman today. In this I'm projecting moment. onto myself. I'm sorry that I'm not turning up to you in the way that I think I should with a high-flying career, somehow managing to be a full-time mum at the same time, a clean house, perfect hair and nails. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's mental. So we've got three minutes left. And I always like to end with a quote. Um, and I've got a couple here and one of them is from you that I would like to read out. Oh. And it says, looking at sorry as a word can help initially separate our use of it. A feeling of regret, compunction, sympathy, pity. Are you genuinely sorry to that person for what you're apologizing for? I love that question. For you to be sorry, it must be affecting them negatively in some way. Are you really offensive enough and willing to tell yourself that you're offensive enough to apologize to the other person. What are they gaining from that? There is a time and a place for an apology. There are your words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What an insightful woman you are. Um, and, 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 I really, and I really love that. I love that question of, 
are you genuinely sorry to that person for what you're apologizing for? I think that is such a transformational question. I really do. Um, and then the other one that I found online, and I don't know who it's by, it says, embracing the idea that you can want things for yourself, even if nobody else understands the why behind them, is the most freeing and powerful feeling in the world. And I thought that was very beautiful because what that does is gets you out of that sorry dialogue and that sorry mentality. Yeah, I love that. Missy, you are a wonderful voice for women and I thank you so much for coming on my show. We had a bit of a, um, a tech disaster before you came <laughs> on so, and I know that she was a bit stressed. So thank you for coming on and being calm and being insightful and for just being a champion of women. Um, your voice is very much needed. Thank you so much being on femaling you have been listening to the femaling podcast i am your host nicole goodman thank you so much for your time and for listening today if you love this podcast and found value in it please go and subscribe write a brilliant review and go and share it with your friends who need a bit of femaling in their world you can find me on all social media channels for more of my work instagram at nicole goodman underscore coach facebook nicole goodman women's identity coach and you can also find my private facebook group where all the magic and conversation happens with a really amazing community of women thank you again for joining me today this has been femaling i'll be back next week with another episode and remember it is the most exciting time to be a woman